Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis, at the end of his four day fast. I could do another four days. I reckon you probably could. I've but suddenly, it's just suddenly clicked. You said to me today that you're feeling like hyper aware of things. And then I screwed something up. <laughs> like 20 seconds after I said well, that. Well, you didn't screw something up, but you could not work out why one of the lights wasn't turned on. And you were staring at a plug socket that was, you're like, I don't understand. Why is it not there? I was like, because it's not on. But I was very energetic about it. <laughs> you were. My lady partner's the same this morning. She's like, yeah, I feel like I could do another four days because I think. And I know, actually, we'll get into this in the outro. People want to hear about the revival. Do they? Yes. Do, or, or do they want to hear about, is that more pesky wrestling that's getting in the way? Ketones, Luke. <laughs> Ketones tease. They are real. Right, well, let's dive into the show because it is a packed, packed magazine show today talking about the revival, talking about Shayna Baszler possibly not being at WrestleMania anymore. We're going to be talking about uh, the Wrestling Observer Awards, the AWNXT ratings, and your mailbag questions. Here is the show. open up talking about Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. Yeah, so when AEW launched back in January of last year, there were a few names that were instantly linked with from WWE to go to AEW of... CM Punk. CM Punk, obviously. Talent that were reportedly very unhappy with their position in the company saw this sort of new promotion starting up, sort of all the buzz around that, and thought, hmm, I wonder if the grass really is greener on the other side. But actually, and then it turns out it's all like multicolored with all their sort of fireworks and stuff. And and yet, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. They were I also thought there. they were a lock. I thought they were definitely going to go. And it seems like every single one we thought were going to go 
just signed a five-year, multi-year deal. Yeah, because WWE, seeing this competition emerge, went into panic lockdown mode and started to try and get all of their talents that either had a year, two years, six months left on their contract to sign new five-year deals. And they were big money deals, way more than they had previously because they got all the Saudi money now, they got all the Fox money now. So they were able to offer out these much bigger contracts. Like you said, Gallows and Anderson, they re-signed. AJ Styles, he re-signed. All these people, Mike Kanellis, re-signed. You know, Worked out so well for so many different people. Absolutely, but there were some that didn't re-sign. I remember JR, there's the one that always strikes me as JR, and I'm pretty sure this is about Mike Kanellis, but JR did an interview where he said, there's a guy over in WWE that we really wanted to get hold of because he's a good utility player that we wanted to bring onto the show. And we were told, no, he's just signed a new five-year deal for half a million dollars. He's not even on TV. Because that WWE didn't want anyone going across. But they did let some people go. Uh, Sean Spears left, Luke Harper's now gone. But back to the original point, one of the first names was The Revival. And they have been on and off reported, apparently like they have been offered huge deals. They initially got offered that 500,000 one, they turned it down. That money went up, they turned that down. The money went up again, they turned that down. And this now appears to be the most clear message that next <coughs> month, the revival are letting their contracts expire and they're going. Yeah, so we know it was at least over $750,000 a year each, which yeah. is what, because one of the Fightful reports said it's beyond what Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson eventually signed for. And that, that was the offer about two months ago. Apparently they upped the money considerably since then. So, you know, you could be looking at a million dollars a guy. Yep, they could be earning Becky Lynch money. <laughs> they could be earning the same amount of money as the top woman star <laughs> and Dolph Ziggler, by comparison. Yeah. So they... Yeah, it looks like they are going to go because currently they have just been removed from TV completely. They're not even on TV to get buried. Watch them be on SmackDown tonight. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they're not even there to fall over when they come down to the, the ramp or get or have the Usos put... Usi hot. Usi hot stuff Darren, in their yeah, shower. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty clear that they probably should have been in the chamber match this coming Sunday. And it's kind of a bit of a slap in the face that it's Lucha House Party that is in the chamber and set off them. Is it all three of the Lucha House Party? It could party? be. It should be. It really should be. Um, but the, the Revival were originally slotted and planned to be in that chamber match because WWE, despite, you know, what, I think what WWE see internally is quite different to what we all see. Yeah. Because stuff like Matt Hardy and the Revival were all like, yeah, they're going to go. But, and Rusev, I still think, yeah, he's going to go. I 100% think he's going. Yeah, but WWE keep reading these reports when they're like, no, we're pretty confident that Matt Hardy's going to re-sign. Yeah. We're pretty confident Rusev's going to re-sign. If that Vince McMahon investors call quote when he said, why wouldn't anyone want to sign with WWE? Why wouldn't they want to work with this company? Vince's mind is, this, this is the Super Bowl. Mm. Who doesn't want to be here? So they were pulled from the chamber. And they've apparently been pulled from all TV events as well. So, you, you know, they might now appear on SmackDown tonight to get buried in light of this news coming out. But, uh, and Adam Blompier's prediction for the match that's going to get added to the chamber is Roman Reigns and Goldberg versus Baron Corbin, The Revival, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby, Bobby Roode. <laughs> which, of course, Reigns and Goldberg will win. Yeah, but like Roode and Ziggler are in the chamber. Yes, but you... 
He can do double duty. Of that he can. protects them in defeat. <laughs> yeah. So the revival are not only sort of you know completely removed as a WWE presence now, but there is also this legal battle going on behind the scenes, and that is the revival through last year were filing for trademarks. I believe they trademarked uh, uh, FTR, FTR, which is. Forever. Forever the Revival. It was originally or, F the Revival. Which is because the Young Bucks and the Revival have this wonderful long-running rivalry. It's been really fun. It's all this social media thing because everyone was saying the Revival are the best tag team on the planet, whereas the Young Bucks were like, no, we're the best tag team on the planet. So they've just been having this very friendly rivalry over social media where the Young Bucks started the FTR movement. This and, was back when the Revival were in NXT. And they were the best tag team on the planet. <laughs> it's been a long time since. It's been a long two years <laughs> on the main roster. But uh, WWE have started filing for some other trademarks. Yeah. Like The Mechanics. Which was their original name in NXT before they became The Revival. Of course, they already own The Revival, WWE. They've also trademarked the term No Flips, Just Fists. Which is their their catchphrase. Yeah. So it seems WWE are preemptively trying to secure these catchphrases down. As a, because they know the Revival are leaving now, and they're just trying to screw with them. And yeah, I think the Revival also got Top Guys, which is their other one. So I think that's more, I think WWE have been trying to like fight them on that one. So basically, WWE are trying to trademark as much of that character intellectual property as much, so that when they go to AEW, they haven't got as much of that to use. And this is like it's not uncommon for WWE. Look back in the old TNA days when they had their big you know, fire sale have got rid of a lot of people. They trademarked all of their names so that when they went to other companies they couldn't use it, hence why we got Team 3D instead of the Dudley Boys in, in TNA. Christian Cage instead of Christian. Aaron Rex instead yes, of in, Damian in Sandow. Sandow. Yeah, so this is not like, you know, this is WWE's, and it's a smart business thing. You know, this was the, the Impact Matt Hardy uh, fight that they had when Hardy first left Impact and he wanted to take all of the, the broken stuff with him, but Ed Nord home and Impact were like, well, no, it's it's ours. Mm. We own that because you did it on our show. It's it's ours now. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, that's actually quite a legitimate argument. It, it totally is. Um, but also, there the, were other things that complicated it. There, where Matt was like, I have actually put a lot of my own personal money into this, yeah. which hasn't been factored in. Uh, speaking of, you know, Matt Hardy is another looming a WWE to AEW presence. He hasn't. I think I jumped the gun when I was like, he's signed a contract because all that's actually happened is Matt Hardy, at the end of his YouTube series, had the Young Bucks turn up on his driveway and he said, Bucks of Youth, I knew you'd come. Yeah, uh, my favourite comment of that was, this is all one big swerve and they're all going to NXT. <laughs> <laughs> the long game. Uh, but the... So, so yeah, I think we'll see Matt Hardy in WWE sooner rather than later. (laughs) Freudian slip there, Freudian blowjob. But will he be exclusive? Well, yeah, I mean, does he want to work Ring of Honor still? Absolutely, and you know, I think that's what AEW is starting to let themselves be a bit more open to. They brought in Jeff Cobb. I don't know what the status is with uh, Lance Archer. Mm. Whereas he is he still doing stuff in New Japan, like Mox is, and Jericho is still doing stuff in New Japan. I think he left New Japan late last year. Okay, yeah. Um, I thought it was a Wrestle Kingdom. I can't remember, to be honest. I might be wrong on that one. Anyway, so, and there's Jeff Cobb as well. Jeff Cobb is, apparently AEW have offered him a contract, but he is still kind of playing off a lot of sides against each other to find Mm. out where his best home is. So yeah, I think, I'd imagine with Matt, they would give him uh, that sort of open contract that allows you to be a legit independent contractor 
where you can go and work for several other companies and not just for AEW. Yeah, it's a, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan because there's so much product now of such a high quality overall. And it's also a great time to be a wrestler because the, there's a supply and demand thing here. And the talented guys with name value, they're going to get a lot more money because the companies are bidding against each other. I am um, putting my prediction chip down on the table here. We'll get the Revival debut at All Out. All Out? You think that late? Well, because the contract's going to expire in next month, then you've got the 90-day... Um, oh, no, because so uh, the yeah, contract yeah, you're right. expires, the contract expires, they could just go, go straight there. Anywhere. So maybe it's double or nothing then. Uh, but I would imagine they'd save it, do some teasers for it, and then debut them in a, a big show. Potentially. The, I don't know how it works, because Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder have been injured. And there was talk of one of them having their contract extended yeah. to make up for that missed time, which is something that WWE quite cynically do to their performers. That's why uh, Jeff's still there. Yeah. So, so I don't. Yeah, maybe one of them can appear at Double or Nothing, <laughs> yeah, and then the, the other, other one, one appears at All Out. Which, but is, maybe which is why I'm going for All Out because that way all the you know everything is sorted. Both of them can be there at the same time. We'll go with All Out. Let's get into AEW and AEW Revolution because the pay-per-view numbers are in. Yep, successful show it was. Very successful. Uh, you're looking at 37,000 buys for on BR Live, which is sort of the American mm -hmm. pay-per-view thing for that, which is 10% up from Full Gear. Uh, huge numbers on Fight TV as well. Uh, much... But, but you don't know how much of that is the UK market going there because it wasn't on ITV box office. Because ITV box office are effectively mm. closing their doors. Mm. Um, uh, so yeah, so it was a very, very successful. And it's actually a testament to show how good the TV has been uh, in the lead up to Revolution. It's a really fascinating, actually, this week's um, Guerrilla Position podcast was really interesting because, you know, that is a WWE podcast. Yeah. It's WWE endorsed. You know, they get access to a lot of their talent. But James Delo was on there talking about how good the TV product has been for Dynamite and how that made him want to watch Revolution and how good Revolution was made him want to watch Dynamite. And his current criticism of WWE is that he doesn't feel like the shows are leading into each other to make him want to watch the next one. Yeah, you keep putting on good stuff. You know, you just keep your head down. Don't look at what other people are doing. Uh, and you just put out the best thing you can possibly make and listen to your audience. Then people are, people are going to organically come onto that. And, you know, you look at these star ratings. So Meltzer's star ratings in this week's Observer. Really recommend getting a subscription to the Wrestling Observer on F4W Online. Not just because of the, the radio shows and everything you get, but the, the newsletters are... Just fantastic reading. But Meltzer has, so like he does his usual pay-per-view review, like he does a bit of um, New Japan and the coronavirus. Uh, oh man, now I've said it now, we're gonna get oh, demonetized by YouTube, sorry mate. Um, fun fact, we actually have, um, we've had yeah. limited ads because we had coronavirus The first the time we did it, it, it said limited ads, but it actually made the same amount of money. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday's video made about 40 pounds. So won't be putting that in the title again. <laughs> Um, yeah, fun little behind the scenes there. Um, but he's got this like ten or so paragraph thing where he posed the question to himself: Was the tag team match at Revolution the greatest tag team match in North America, or the greatest tag team match I've ever seen? So he goes back into his sort of archives of like what's the highest rated tag matches I've ever done, and he watched them all back to back. <laughs> 
and then goes into like these in-depth detail analysis of each of those matches and his memories of the time, what would work in today's standards, to give you what it really is the greatest tag team match of all time. And that is why you, his, you should get a, a wrestling news Wrestling Observer Newsletter subscription because that is the amount of detail and work that Meltzer gets into it. That man probably sleeps for an hour a day yeah. at most. He's a hero. He really <laughs> is a hero. Um, so to reflect that, his findings were it was the best tag match in North America he's yep. ever seen. Uh, he gave it six stars. It's a five-star break. I mean, Grant's the five-star. I think it's been broken several times over now, especially in the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, that's a, it's the highest rank for an AEW match. It's their first six-star match. Um, and I think it's absolutely well-deserved. Yeah. In fact, really, although I am going to put Meltzer on notice here, I'm going to um, I'm going to say don't get a subscription to the Wrestling Observer newsletter because he only gave Orange Cassidy versus Pack three and three quarter stars. What the hell? What the hell, Dave? That was also a six star match. It is uh, it is curious to look at the ratings for the rest of the card. So we we'll just do the main card. Hager Rhodes got three stars. Fair. Allen versus Sammy got three and three quarters. Mm -hmm. She's, I, I thought it'd be more than that. Yep. Uh, Nyla Rose, Statlander got two stars. MJF, Cody, 3.5. I think that's fair. I think that's fair too, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cassidy Pack, 3.75. What the hell, man? But I genuinely think that that should be a four and a quarter at least. Yeah. Just the magic they captured there. Uh, maybe he gets caught into in-ring work and a certain yeah. stuff, which is his prerogative. It's his ratings subjective Completely, scale. yeah. Uh, and Jericho and Moxie got three and three quarters too. And yeah, it is a subjective view. So when the people ask like, well, why do you put so much emphasis onto this? Because like he's been doing this for 50 years. Like the man has got, you know, a fountain of knowledge when it comes to wrestling. It's the most objective, subjective scale you can get. <laughs> but the, that, that says to me that it's kind of a pretty consistent, just above average show. Yeah with one incredible match, one all-time great match. Yeah, well Meltzer says in this sort of like overall review is that the tag match effectively killed the rest of the card because mm. no other match was gonna follow it. And really, when you look back at it as a paper as a whole, that tag match was so incredibly good yeah. that it always was gonna struggle. Funny enough, I had to talk to a friend of mine about this yesterday who doesn't watch the product week to week, but did watch Revolution and kind of got into it because he had heard a lot of the hype about it and he was like, so I'm gonna check it out. So he watched the buy-in show and he said the buy-in show got him so hyped for the car, wow. he couldn't wait to watch the whole thing. And he loved the show from start to end. He actually even really enjoyed the Nyla Statlander match despite its issues. Yeah. Um, and off the back of that, now wants to watch Dynamite week to week. Well, that's, it seems like that's a common trend. I We're getting a is. lot of people at, at website writer Louis Dangor, Louis Danger Dangor for WrestleTalk.com. Go and check it out. It's one of the best wrestling news sites in the world. One of the biggest. It is it's one like of the, the biggest. the third now. biggest now. Uh, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> well like, done, Andy. Yeah, it really is. Well done, Andy. And uh, obviously the rest of the team, but mostly Andy. Yeah, the, he, he doesn't watch AEW. He loves NXT. That's his thing. He watched Revolution, loved it. Unfortunately, then watched Dynamite and, and didn't, didn't like, like it. it. But it's a, you know, that's, yeah. that's a, still a, a, an interesting anecdotal bit of evidence. And I think that then ties into this week's ratings, mm. um, which sees both shows up uh, this week. But oh, we need a jingle. Oh, uh, are we going with It's Ratings Man? It's Ratings Man. Uh, hallelujah, it's Ratings Man. So, AEW was up. Uh, back over the 900,000 threshold this week. That certainly, that post-pay-per-view bump is a legit thing because we saw this with Full Gear last year. 
AW was up to 906,000.35 in the demo. I think it was like fifth overall in yeah, the cable ratings. Yeah, it did, did really well. Did really, really well. And actually um, tied with NXT for the over 50 rating as well. I, I think it's a great number. I, I'm surprised it's not 50,000 more. Mm. Because in January, they were getting 950,000, first two weeks of the year. I don't see why, after all the great work they've done, that people are probably staying in because of... <laughs> we need to find like a new name for it. Columpy virus. Columpy. I know maybe a virus is the bad bit. Columpy pops. Columpy pops. There Columpy you go. pops. Yeah. Just so make sure if you're at home, just look out for Columpy pops. Yeah. You can see it. We caught a bit early. We sprayed it to death. <laughs> Columbia Pop, no. Uh, I, yeah, I thought that the quality of the product AEW had been putting on recently, I thought it would have been higher. But that's still a great number. Um, I, I re it's got to get past a million one of these days. I, I actually thought it might do over a million this yeah, week. Yeah, same here, same here. But especially with the Matt Hardy video that had gone yeah. up earlier, like, yeah. you know, four hours before Dynamite went on air or whatever it was, I thought that actually w that it might go over a million this week. So it'll be interesting to see when that actually happens and is more publicly announced because AW never tweeted it. The, the only audience for that, really, uh, the people who are going to watch it anyway. It's these people. The people who watch YouTube wrestling mm -hmm. content. Yeah. Uh, Matt Hardy's YouTube channel. How much you... Uh, you it was um, the number two trending video on YouTube yesterday, I believe. Really? Yeah. Well, how has that equated into Matt Hardy's own ratings? I, I mean, I, I, I don't really know. Stronger than death, Matt Hardy. There uh, he so is. it's had half a million views. Yeah. On YouTube. It's about as good as a, um, an Adam Long playlist video. <laughs> it's not that good. <laughs> so, so, yeah, like, I don't know how much visibility it actually brought on AEW. He didn't even say AEW. No. You know? Like, if you, if you didn't know what AEW was, you just know who Matt Hardy is, you watch that, you're not really going to understand what's happening. So maybe when AEW eventually say, here's Matt Hardy, he's debuting, that could be a million-plus show. Could be. Because Matt Hardy has been a proven ratings draw, not only for WWE. Like, you know, they, that's why they were trying to keep hold of him, because they, he did that segment with Randy Orton. Mm. And that was a really big, highly-rated segment, because I think people are so invested in that Randy Orton Edge storyline. Yeah. I think that is... It was pointed out... I, was, I thought about this when I was listening to Gorilla Position. You know, and James Delo said, like, that is the only WrestleMania match that has an actual story going into it. Mm. Like... It's a proper blood feud. It's a proper blood feud. You know, Drew won the Rumble, but that is effectively, I won a match, now I get you. Like, this is an actual storyline that's mm. got people really invested in this. Um, so Matt was, you know, was a proven ratings draw then. He was a proven ratings draw on Impact. When he was, like, the focal point of that show, those shows were doing way better numbers than when they weren't focused on Matt. And when he left, those numbers, they did not stick around with Impact. They, they, they went off in their droves. Um, so NXT... NXT uh, did 718,000, which is up again from last week, a 0.23 in the demo. So, um, yeah, another good week for NXT. Well, it's but up. It, it's up. But bear in By mind... By 1,000 viewers. Yes. It's pretty much flat. It's flat. And having advertised two cage matches, which I think was probably done to counter the post-pay-per-view bump for Revolution, mm -hmm. I also would have expected that to be better. But maybe that's just the WWE audience. Like, you know, the cage match was a proven draw for, for AEW when they did one. So maybe NXT thought it was, but I think WWE have almost like made the cage match not feel that special anymore. Having two on the show maybe just killed some interest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I but we'll get for the sort of in case you missed it portion of the show. Uh, we'll go through them very quickly. 
Uh, you've got the A not the AW the Wrestling Observer Awards. We'll mm -hmm. run through those quickly. But my one is still rating specific. Did you hear this backstage? I Stuff. no because so I I had this here and then because it was corrected viewership because didn't it do like eighteen thousand viewers or something? There are a lot of reports that Tuesday's episode of WWE Backstage on Fox, which has not been a success, <laughs> CM Punk being on it can just get you over a hundred thousand views these days. And where has he been? He's he's sort of he's not around as much as I thought he would be. I know he was only ever meant to be uh, occasional contributor, but it's about once a month at best. Um, Backstage was reported to have had 18,000 viewers on the Tuesday night. And that's with Jeff Hardy announcing his, like that he's medically cleared to return. They announced JBL for the Hall of Fame. There was some newsworthy stuff there, but it's since come out that actually that was the 2 a.m. replay viewership. Aha, uh -huh. that's okay. The actual viewership was 54,000. Oh, well. Which is only the second worst viewership <laughs> in the show's history. <laughs> Well, you know. Fox cannot be happy. They must be. I, considering we've talked about this ad, ad nauseum with the SmackDown thing, SmackDown is not pulling in the viewers that they were expecting. Like, they were expecting three to four million. They're doing the exact same numbers they were on USA, slightly higher than what they were doing on USA. It's not good. And then this show has been tanking. Mm. Yeah, I can't imagine Fox been happy because they paid a lot of money for that show. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter 2019 Awards. Yep. Is next. Quickly take us through this. So remember, Chris Jericho did well. This is not Dave Meltzer's opinion. No. This is voted on by all the readers who want to take part of the Wrestling Observer. And bearing in mind, in those readers are industry experts. Yes. And people who work within the wrestling world. Tony Khan. I'm sure he paid a few people off. Maybe He's he the Bloomberg <laughs> of this election here. <laughs> that, not without quietly bowing out. Uh, so yeah, Wrestler of the Year. Chris Jericho. I was actually quite surprised that Jericho won that. I thought it was going to be either Ricardo or um, Osprey. Osprey, Osprey got like best overall, I think, most outstanding. Most outstanding wrestler. Yeah. But yeah, wrestler of the year, I think in terms of programs, promos, in-ring work, draw. I see it as a whole holistic yeah. uh, category. It's got to be Jericho. Like what, yeah. what, 2020, I mean 2019, Jericho's great, yeah. year, first AEW champion. Reinvented himself oh. again. But Le Champion, a little yeah. bit of the bubbly, the yeah. cruise, fantastic stuff. Um, he's also got best on interviews, so best promo guy, Chris yep. Jericho. Most charismatic, and there was another one, uh, box office draw. Yeah, which, you know, certainly makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, most outstanding wrestler went to Will Ospreay. Tag Team of the Year in 2019 went to the Lucha Bros. Yeah, Meltzer kind of because like, so as we said, this is not Meltzer's decision. This is voted for by people who read the the newsletter, and he explains that you know the Young Bucks have had quite a long streak, but for the majority of 2019, the Young Bucks were dormant because they were doing so much back, backstage stuff for yeah. AEW and getting that foundation. They stopped wrestling for like three to six months, I think. Whereas the Lucha Brothers, that was the story they were telling going to all out were still wrestling. They were doing a lot of stuff in MLW, in Impact, in AAA. So they were doing a lot of stuff and been putting on just these incredible matches. It's, which is why they should have been featured more on AEW. It should have been Pentagon. It should have been, been Pentagon. Pentagon, thank you. I'm glad we're all agreeing with me now. Uh, promotion of the year, New Japan. I, I after that G1, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can't you, go wrong, can you? Can't, you? can't complain there. Uh, but this year already, if they carry this on, I think AEW's got New Japan beat. Yeah. 
Um, most outstanding TV show is Dynamite. Uh, a match of the year went to Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagai. Yeah, so which good. Was incredible. Takagi, sorry. Why do I always <laughs> say that? Feud of the year was Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. That's cool. Yeah. I was surprised at that one, actually. Well, yeah. As much as I loved that feud, and it was a really good feud, I didn't expect it to win Feud of the Year. Same, same here. Because uh, it's got to be Rio Nyla Rose, right? Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what else is it going to be? And most improved, Lance Archer, which yep. bodes well. For, yeah. You know, I'm not that familiar with Lance Archer. I'm more familiar with him as Lance Hoyt. Mm. Uh, technical wrestler, Zack Sabre Jr. Best yes, Brawler, Zach. Ishii, Best High Flyer, Will Ospreay. Most overrated, King Corbin. That makes sense. Most over, I feel like it's over pushed. Well, yeah, that's, but that's what great. I think. That's yeah. what I think it certainly refers to because he is good. Absolutely, King Corbin is great, but he was way over pushed beyond his means for quite a lot of 2019. Most underrated, Shorty G. Yeah, Chad Gable, honestly. Bless him. Rookie of the year, Jungle Boy. Best TV announcer, Kevin Kelly. Yes, Kevin. Best non-wrestler, Paul Heyman. Worst TV announcer. Shows how far he's fallen and he's gotten, you know, really quite obnoxious to listen to. Corey Graves. Corey was up there as well in like the best announcer categories not too long ago. Yeah. Um, worst match and feud of the year both went to Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins. Yeah. Helen Marcel encounter. Worst major show went to Super Showdown. So I, I feel like now it's going to be those those Saudi shows mm -hmm. um, for, the, for the foreseeable rather. Most disgusting promotional tactic the WWE business in Saudi Arabia. Worst gimmick, Shorty G. Best gimmick, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Well, yeah. well earned, yeah. yeah. Despite WWE's best efforts. Best booker, Gado. He's never going to lose that. No, he's <laughs> active. Promoter of the year, Tony Khan. And worst promotion of the year, WWE. Hmm. People can shout at us now <laughs> for our AEW bias on this, this accumulative... Yep. It's, it's, all, it's all that bias. It's all the bias. Um, quickly, my story. This is actually covered in ex uh, extensively in Laurie's news today. Uh, but this is one I've only just sort of really found out about as I've come in. Is this Shayna Baszler storyline. So apparently, Vince saw the Shayna match on Monday's Raw and didn't like her. He's already changed the finish of the Rumble, which she was uh, scheduled to win. Put it on Charlotte Flair instead. So that's now Shayna was supposed to win the Rumble. That's been changed. She had a match on Raw. Vince didn't like her. And... I, I mean, I thought Shayna was a lock-in to win the Elimination Chamber this Sunday, but it could always go to someone else down. This really could actually go to someone else at this point. I could see Asuka winning, because yeah. who else is there? Natalia. Na the Riot Squad, Natalia or Asuka. Out of those, Asuka's the most proven. She's a Royal Rumble winner. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm trying to look at it like Vince would. Yeah, I, and this... This sucks to say, and I, when I say this, I do not think this, but I believe in Vince's mind, it's because of how she looks. It's because she is not your typical good-looking WWE women's wrestler from that sort of divas area onwards. She doesn't look like that. And I think it is what you know, everyone has always said about Shayna Baszler and the worry about her going up to the main roster is she does not look like Vince's usual type. And that is going to backfire on her. Mm -hmm. And I, on, I do genuinely believe that is why she's not going to get a push. Or, you know, we'll see come Sunday. But it's a, it's a worrying sign. Mm -hmm. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Should we go on to bright things? Yeah, mailbag. let's do the mailbag. Right, well, let's kick off. We've got a bit of a bumper one this week, but we haven't done every question we got given because we didn't do a show last week, and a lot of the questions we got are time-sensitive, so we'll, we'll try to like compile the best that we possibly could. Uh, but if you want to submit a question to the mailbag, uh, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge channels on Patreon and leave a comment in the community section at any dollar amount with the ma- uh, headline mailbag. Do not email me, I will just lose it. Like these fine folks. Ket, what's up, WrestleTalk? I'm currently watching WWE in 2012. Ryback was such a cool guy to me. He had a simple gimmick and people loved him. Up until that <laughs> Hell in a Cell match. Do you think Ryback's WWE career should have been better than it was? 100%. I still really like Ryback. I think, it, I think he's got a very interesting mind for the business. Uh, he's, he invented everything. He says all the stuff that CM Punk says, but people make fun of him for it. <laughs> like he's, he's going for, he's, he's pushing for um, unionization and for wrestlers to get better cuts off the network. But every, unfortunately, people see him as a joke because he's the guy that legally changed his name. And yeah, I, honestly, that un, unbeaten <coughs> Ryback run going into... I wasn't Hell in a Cell. No, well, we had it was the, like the an punks. August. It was like an August-September thing. But yeah, it was Punk versus Ryback. They couldn't beat Punk because they were locked into this rock storyline. I think it was around October time. It was going to follow think. through into yeah. January. And yeah, Brad Maddox was the special guest referee who caused and he was just a ref. to lose. Yeah, just, sorry, he was just a ref, yeah. Uh, yeah so yes, it should have been. And Ryback was actually so charismatic at that point, he got over despite people trying to Goldberg at him. Like he was, people were ready to crap all over that game and be like, well, you're just another Goldberg. 
But he actually got past that. He got through that really, really well. He was even funny as his second gimmick where he was like, you stupid, yeah. when he was this mindless bully. Marcel Jura, hey guys, how do you like them apples? Marcel Jura here. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Not only do we have AW Revolution, Super Showdown, WXW 16 Karat Gold, and WrestleMania, uh, it's a great season. I'm also happy that there are many badass wrestlers out there, and a legit badass is my favorite kind of wrestler. That being said, time to play a game. Ooh. Four wrestlers are after you, assassin style. Ooh. But happily, you've got four bodyguards. Who of the following would you want as your bodyguards, and who as the hitmen? Uh, so your choices are to be your bodyguards. Timothy Thatcher, Keith Lee, Brock Lesnar, Dominic Dijakovic, Killer Cross, Tomohiro Ishii, Minoru Suzuki, and Josh <sighs> Barnett. Thatcher, Lee, Lesnar, Suzuki. I'm going to go Thatcher, Lesnar, Suzuki, and Ishii. Good question. Good question. Alex Kirkman, Walking Dead creator. Um, here's some Royal Rumble fantasy booking. Rumble down to two men and they eliminate each other by whatever shenanigans you can think of. That has been, that has been done before, right? Yeah. But not before the number 30 entrance. Ah. Number 30 comes in and wins the Rumble immediately. Something different and will give some heat, uh, some heel, some uber heat. What are your thoughts and who would be the right person to give that win if you had to choose someone? My thoughts would be Messiah Rollins or Miz. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't have Miz winning a Rumble. Hey, man, uh, he's headline WrestleMania. <laughs> he actually was one of the few people to defend, successfully defend mm. his WWE Championship at WrestleMania. I, I do like the idea. It hasn't been done before. Um, and that's the sort of thing that you can get away with for the Rumble match that goes on first. Yeah. Because I do think you lose out on that dramatic end sequence. Because it's not like you're just missing out the final two. You're missing out the final six or yeah, seven. Yeah, completely. Uh, so I do like it, but it wouldn't be the finish I'd choose for the rumble that closed the show. It's something you can definitely do now. Yeah, as you say, now you've got two rumbles, and it really would separate them out. Uh, Dylan Tyrell-Reeve. Hey, guys. Assuming you're reading this on the 28th of February, um, uh, it's actually my 22nd birthday. Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. I'm currently reading Jericho's autobiography, No, It's a Four-Letter <laughs> Word, having recently finished his Best in the World at What I Have No Idea. The latter being my favourite wrestling book I've ever read. What are some good wrestling books you guys would recommend? I'm planning on starting I'm Sorry I Love You by Jim Smallman once I finish Jericho's. I do, all of Jericho's books are fantastic. Of course, Mick Foley's as well, Have a Nice Day. Oh, it's uh, just so good. What's the other one? Foley is good. Yeah. What was... Is Have a Nice Day the first one? Have a Nice I'm Day was the first one, yeah. And then Foley is Good was the follow-up to it. But um, Have a Nice Day is a, like, a mind... Because that was, like, the first of its kind. Mm. Like, to show you, like, really a backstage view. And it was... It's an absolutely remarkable read. Death of WCW That's by the book Brian that, Alvarez. Yeah, Daniel Bryan's book's very uh, good as uh, well. A really, really good book, that. If you're interested in old-school world of sport British wrestling, um, there's a book called The Wrestling by... Simon something, which is really, really interesting read. He, he sort of goes back and looks at that era, tries to interview people. And as I've not read it yet, but I've heard great things about the, so following on from that Death of WCW was that other Nitro book that came out that had like access to all of those scripts, like mm. the Nitro script that got hold of all of them, which categorically proved that Bischoff was lying when he said, no, they weren't supposed to be WWF invaders. Yeah. Uh, we, we, ne we never uh. positioned like that. It literally says it in the script. <laughs> Uh, John Carey, um, after about managing to get through Super Showdown without punching something, I began to wonder how WWE can make these booking choices given there's plenty of wrestling to go around. Do they not care that AEW and New Japan are relevant now or is that they don't have, they already have a large loyal fan base? 
or perhaps they are still raking in the money and just don't care. I genuinely struggle to see how we can continue to force into the mid to long term if they don't build stars. Cheers, John. Also, met you guys at Royal Quest, and it oh. really got me through a tough spot. You guys were lovely coming to the show on the 16th. Thank you very much. That's very nice. Uh, the I think all of those are correct, but you're also missing that Vince McMahon doesn't watch anything outside the WWE bubble. Including NXT. So it's probably that he's not aware. It's He doesn't care, and he's not aware. Yeah. I think he's aware that they exist, but not what product they put on. Uh, Big Mace, I have a question, but first, Ollie, seeing your face when Luke read that I've only been watching wrestling since 2016 put a bigger smile on my face than Keith Lee versus Dominic <laughs> Dijakovic at TakeOver. Uh, but anyways, question time. While watching Dynamite this past week, my mom and younger brother came over and were both asking about Omega and the rest of the Elite. Since I mentioned in passing that Omega, Paige, and the Buck storyline is one of the best in wrestling right now, I explained in a very short form about Kenny's wars with Akada and New Japan, and a thought popped, in my, popped into my head. If New Japan, Ring of Honor, and AEW to host a supercard at some point, point, uh, I thought Omega versus Okada 5 were to headline, it could possibly sell out a football stadium here in the US. My question is, do you think that would uh, possibly be, uh, that could be possible, and what other matches would you book? Uh, I'd, I'd book a mega ladder match with Osprey Phoenix, Pac Darby, Hiromu Takahashi, Flip Gordon, and Robbie Eagles. That's insane. Yeah, that is an um, insane match. We won't book the whole card, that will, that, that's too much of a, a big question to get into now, but no. Is, is unfortunately the short answer. Those football stadiums are large. Oh, they're big. You're, you're talking, what, 60,000 plus? Yeah. And that's what WrestleMania does. Yeah. So not for a long, long time. New Japan has a very niche audience in America. So does AEW. And it's the same audience, most likely. Yeah. So you're just you're just appealing to the same amount of people. So um, unfortunately, no, not, not anytime soon. 20,000, I think. You could probably sell out. Yeah. You could, you could sell out a big arena yes. off the back of it, but not a football stadium. Um, but you're right. If they do do that card, <laughs> that would definitely be the match you want as the headline. Uh, Lorenzo Hayes, in your opinion, who is the greatest heel in WWE history? In the kayfabe world, it has to be Randy Orton. Hmm. This man kicked John Cena's dad in the head, said that Eddie Guerrero went to hell, spat in Mick Foley's face, kissed Stephanie McMahon in front of Triple H, hit, lit the Undertaker's casket on fire, threatened to sue WWE after they wanted to fire him for kicking Vince in the head, cashed in on Daniel Bryan, peak yes movement, and now what he's done to Edge. I guess when you list it all like that in kayfabe dirty deeds... Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is like He's the most bastard. demented yeah. uh, wrestling character they have. Wow. It's just, you know, there's, there's so many long parts of boredom in between those <laughs> yeah. high points. Yeah. That that's you like, don't, I don't think of that's it. That's six big things there yeah. across 20 years. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think? Best, best heel? Best heel in the company. <clears throat> I mean. I don't I'd wanna, say Triple H. I was going to say Triple H in that 99 to 2000 period. Oh, yeah. He was a proper knob, and I hated him being on TV. <laughs> um, but it was like, but it was the right kind of hate. Mm, it was, mm. I hated him because I wanted to see The Rock be on top, and he never was. It was always Triple H. So, yeah, I think Triple H's got to be up there. You can always go back to the 80s as well. There's a, a whole bunch of characters you can always say are the, are the best heels to, to ever lace up a pair of boots. Um, Daniel, Dan here, you know, the guy that probably ruined WWE belts for you. Oh, with the Velcro straps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, recently, I've been going back and watching a lot of WCW pay-per-views. During this, I ran across when Hogan made his return to the red and yellow, and it got me thinking. Most of my time growing up watching Hogan was a heel, and that's pretty much how I remember him. Now, granted, I was a fan during the WWE run when he was mostly a face, but Hollywood Hogan was my Hogan. It's to the point where every time I hear Voodoo Child, it hmm. takes me back to him playing the big gold along with the song. 
I say this to ask you if there's a wrestler that is seen by the mainstream as one way, heel or face, but you see them as something else due to personal bias. Thanks for listening. I appreciate all you guys do. I literally listen to you every day in some form or another. Keep up the great work. John Cena. Yeah. Because John Cena in this mainstream world is seen as like, oh, what a lovely lad. What a golden boy. He can do no wrong. And I'm like, you weren't there, man. Yeah. You yeah, didn't yeah. see it. He didn't see him squash the Nexus unnecessarily. Kenny Dykstra was ma- was gonna get in- <laughs> he was gonna get married to Mickey James. Yeah. He nearly he nearly stopped crying time. Yeah. So that it's John Cena for me. Yeah, good good uh, yeah, that's the right answer, I guess. I I've I've always got to think about Kevin Steen. I know what he can be. <laughs> He is stone cold, but it's not this, it's not what he's doing at the moment. Uh, Simon Gange, uh, with it being winter, I'm curious about how cold it gets for you guys. Normal winter temperatures here in Winnipeg are usually around minus 20 degrees, but can often get much colder. This past week has been warming up, but not too long ago we were feeling minus 40 winds. One year we even had international news for being colder than Mars. <laughs> it was a very situational temperature, not the coldest parts of Mars. Anyway, <laughs> I'm a bit too rambly, bundle up for the cold. Now we have a very different metric here, because I'm assuming that's Fahrenheit, oh, yeah, we've got point. Celsius. Uh, to see, so you see what that is. Uh, that is like, c- colder than the coldest parts of Mars, not the overall average baseline yeah, yeah. temperature. We are Celsius, right? Yes. According are. to that, like minus twenty Fahrenheit is minus twenty-eight Celsius. Is that right? Ye- must be. So nope, I'm not not coming. Yeah, because um, Fahrenheit zero is higher. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Uh, the uh, wow, yeah, it yeah. is not. We, we we moan about two degrees. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so like, it's like two degrees. Two degrees it Celsius. It might sometimes go below like zero degrees Celsius, but very rarely. But bearing in mind as well, like this country will have a panic if there's a tiny bit of snow. Like if it is snowing, then the whole country goes into a bit of shutdown. Whereas you look at places like Canada where they have like 10 feet of snow and it's like, yeah, no, everything's fine. It's Thursday. <laughs> Uh, Iraqli, how many viewers would NXT and AEW get if they aired on different days? Now, someone in the comments of this replied about 500,000 more, which I Mm. do not think it would be that high. Well, the DVR numbers are meant to be very high for both shows because there's relatively large crossover. You're watching one recording the other. Uh, But yeah, maybe not that high, maybe 200,000. I was going to say 200,000. But that's very significant. That's, you know, that's over 10%. That puts them over the million. Yeah. You know, and then some. Uh, Michael Plowman, hello all. Hope you're having a lovely time with the boys. Time to stir that WWE AEW pot. Oh, no. As if we haven't enough already (laughs) this episode. We've we've had one very angry email this week about that. Um, Who do you think will be the biggest WWE star to leave the company for AEW in the next year, specifically from after this WrestleMania until the next one, so Matt Hardy isn't eligible? Ooh, biggest. Ah, Rusev, I guess. Yeah, I think it's Rusev. And uh, the Revival. Like, I think they're gone. Like 100%. Uh, Tyson. Uh, my name's Tyson from Australia. Australia. Swaft under. Uh, this is my first time doing a mailbag. Hey. I wanted to write to say you guys have been great lately. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed the podcast and I've been listening for the last four years while at work or pumping iron. And lately I've had a blast with the predictions and currently at 20 points on the leaderboard. Every morning I wow. watch the reviews. Unfortunately, I think after WrestleMania, it's finally time to say goodbye to the WWE Ooh. side of things. The Saudi show was just awful. It showed me how much money-hungry WWE is and how little they think of its fans. Since watching AEW, I've noticed building storylines and putting on great matches is what wrestling should be, not squashing two fan favorites with no build. I'm a wrestling fan, not a uh, controversial fan. Cancelled my WWE Network membership and replaced it with Progress On Demand. I've never watched Progress, but I've heard so many good things about it. P.S. Here's 25 for all the laughs... 25, because he's 25 backer. For all the laughs over the years. Good, uh, kind regards, Tyson. Well, that's, uh, yeah, I don't blame you, Tyson. 
and progress is a fantastic, brilliant promotion. And in the early ones, you can see this guy in the crowd for them. Because Ollie liked it before it was cool. And uh, I don't, if you're, se- if you're saying after WrestleMania I'm done, I don't think you're done. Nope, though. you're still here, mate. I'll, we'll, we'll see you in a few months. Time. Yeah. Um, because we're never leaving. That's the thing with being a wrestling fan, is once it's got you, it's, it's kind of hard to escape. Either you stop after Saudi, and because you're just like so annoyed, yeah. or you're... Yeah. you're a if you're saying, I'll, I'll give up in a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, John T. Evans, um, with the uh, now <laughs> thorough burial of the feed, how would you go about reversing oh, some of the God. damage? My thought is to have him absolutely brutalize Cena at WrestleMania, not likely, I know, then disappear for months and reappear for no real reason to destroy random superstars and disappear again, what they should have done from the beginning. I yeah. still think Cena's winning at WrestleMania, oh, for the record. Oh, God. Um, I think, yeah, squash him, squash Cena immediately, like in, in a minute, really, really angrily, and then... You, and it, th- then you can just make it 15 minutes of entrances and one minute of match. But you don't have him disappear because that's so much momentum right there. Yeah. You want him on the roar after Mania and then you, you immediately put him up against someone else. Have him squash The Undertaker. Have him squash all, like actually do the storyline you were meant to do. But where do you go from there? Do you like, just put the title back onto him and you start doing those matches again where no one can pin him? and We're just back to where we started. Where we, yeah. we find ourselves in sort of like the... The Fiend needs, the, the character doesn't need a revamp, but his match style needed a revamp. Maybe Goldberg beating him was for the best because we can go back and we can reassess how his matches Ooh. work. And no, I, don't, I hate to say it, but it's kind of true though because mm. his matches, no, matches one li- no one liked the matches. Um, Jonathan Hedman, if NXT were to do an anniversary show with matchups being all former and current NXT stars uh, at full sale, what matches would you have? Ooh. Yeah, what, so like current and past yeah. generations? So yeah, so like they're going back to, yeah, going back to their prime. Steen Champa, I mean Owens Champa. Yeah. Oh, Sammy Zayn, Johnny Gargano. Yeah, oh yes, absolutely. I was trying to think who I'd have against Keith Lee. I'd like to have Ricochet Keith Lee. Real big little man. Yeah, not Lars Sullivan Keith Lee. Well, I mean, he could do. He's, he is Samoa being... Joe Keith Lee. Oh, hello, hey. now you're talking. <laughs> Beef. Uh, James J. Dillon, I think one of the things hurting The Fiend is his finisher. After reading how stupid Foley thought the move was, obviously this is the mandible claw, I just can't take it seriously. It could be a great move to set up a finisher though. Wyatt drives his opponent to the ground choking them, and after a minute or so steps back to ready a better finisher on the opponent as they slowly get to their feet gasping for air. Yeah, I'm sure there's some really in-depth lore reason why it, why it is the mandible claw, but I totally agree. I like it, should be a signature. Um, but the Sister Abigail is a fantastic move. I really like the visual and the way you can cradle someone, kiss them on the head. Works perfectly for the character. Uh, but I also like the death, <laughs> you know, where you just snap Snaps someone's neck. neck. Snap the neck and send them back to NXT. Yeah, that, that's, that should be the, the finisher. Uh, the Zornese, can we have a petition for Ricochet after losing to Brock in Saudi Arabia, then fights for the 24-7 title and loses? This has to be torture. Yeah. Yeah, well, the report is it's 
Yeah, it's done for a reason. Dwayne Cooley, I was sitting back thinking about AEW, then I started to wonder, what if AEW was formed as early as eight years ago? Hmm. When do you think of the influx of stars that started in 2016, or even the stars who left return to the company between 2012 and 2015, um, would have had another option besides WWE to go? Since 2012 would have been risky, but at least 2014, they would have been established enough to get big names to join. When you think of the names that left and joined WWE in the span of those eight years, Brock Lesnar, AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, Undisputed Era, Owen, Zayn, Joe, among others, do you do you think all of these guys who uh, would have joined AEW signed with WWE, or do you think only one of these guys would have joined, and so on and so forth? Yeah, I, th I think that's a very, very interesting question. I've never thought about that potential alternate history. Uh, but yeah, the, the top guys in WWE right now seem like NXT guys, but actually they're Ring of Honor guys. Yeah. So if that whole Ring of Honor class goes to AEW... It's a different world. Which it which Imagine seems like, like a more natural sidestep. But there are some people who did see WWE as the end goal. Like Owens has always said that that was what he always saw was getting to WWE was his very end good goal. friends with the Bucks though. Well, yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah, he was featured in being the elite after he mm. signed. And I wonder if for AJ as well. Like if AJ was like, you know, I want to have a WrestleMania under my belt. I've done everything else. Yeah, I'd like to have a WrestleMania under my belt. But this is 2012. You know, he's still at TNA. He's yeah, just, he's just about to leave for yeah. New Japan. Yeah, you're right. What a different world. Uh, Nicholas Walton, on my 10th watch of No <laughs> Rolls Barred, quick question. Do you think in future seasons we could get a CGW invasion of CBW? If not, I understand, but it would be pretty great. A lot of love for crap gimmicks and No Rolls Barred. You uh, uh, and Adam addressed this in the podcast version yeah, yeah. of No Rolls Barred, which will be available soon. Yeah, thanks to our No Rolls Barred patrons for making that happen. Got over 50. Um, so every 200 patrons, like sort of goals, we want to do a one-shot episode. So maybe, yeah, we just do a one-shot of the crap gimmick universe. Yeah. Uh, or an invasion angle, we do like a super card. Mm. But yeah, so, so go over, become a Pledgehammer. Well, it's different there, isn't yeah. it? And a Patreon on No Rolls Barred to help us to that goal. And at certain tiers, you can actually suggest characters. Yeah. So just suggest crap gimmicks. All right, a couple more here. Um, this one comes in from Callum, who said, Hey, WrestleTalk. I'd like to start off by thanking Luke for helping me with my Patreon. As you probably want to know, they haven't got back to me, but hopefully they will by the next Ramble Club. He's having some issues where he's a $10 backer, but he's not getting the After Dark oh, episodes. Weird. So I don't know there, but it's nothing we can't yeah. fix it at our end, unfortunately. Um, on to my question. In October, I turn 18. Ah. I would like to know what alcohol should I try uh, try out? Beer, to be exact. We'll try every single one you tell me. I'm also from the UK, so uh, should help your choices. And dance chopper. Hashtag sport wrestle. Dance chopper. So, yeah, try them all, I guess, because... You need to find your taste. Yeah, so could kind of start off with the extremes. A to, yeah, try a Guinness and an IPA. Yeah, I think though at 18, you're more likely going to be into like your, your lagers. So yeah. like IPA might be a bit almost on the fruity side because it's that refined palate um, mm. sense that you get as you become a little bit older. Same with Guinness as well. Same I with guess, Guinness as yeah. well, yeah. Like I certainly didn't want to like Guinness when I was 18. But when I was, when I was 18, I you know, very much liked Cronenberg. Uh, I mean, I liked Foster's. Now I can't even drink the stuff because it's horrible. I always really liked Hogarden when I was young. Oh, yeah. A sort of white Belgian beer. a white beer. Belgian beer. I had a heavy, heavy night on Hogarden with our Chris ones. Bloody hell. I haven't been able to touch the stuff since. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, you need to find what your taste is as opposed to people telling you what you should try. But, you know, just have a go on a lot of things. Maybe you're a spirits man. Maybe you're a you wine might man. You might, yeah, you try might. Try it all. You might find out that beer's not your thing at all. And, yeah, you might find it's gin. 
which it's certainly become my thing. I bloody love gin. Um, Xandermania, uh, I have a really random question. My big event of the year is Xandermania 2020. It's fast approaching. What? <laughs> Xander makes me laugh in a way nobody else does. I know. I've never met someone. It's just so sincere but ironic at the same time. Yeah. You made me so happy, Xander. He's a, he's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful human being. Uh, but it makes me wonder, if you created a wrestling show named after yourself, what would it be and why? Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. Ollie out? Or Ollie, Ollie out. out. Ollie is Ollie <laughs> out. <laughs> what about you? I don't know. You just find like, um, when I try and find something that has like L in the yeah, name. Luke. Table, Luke's and chairs. Nice. There it is. Uh, Chuck Turner, good morning. Uh, question, what's uh, the over-under that Brock Lesnar will be the champion, uh, whether it's the WWE World or Universal Champion by next year's WrestleMania? <laughs> Thank you, have a great day, and dance, chopper, dance. Dance, chopper. It is very, very possible that come WrestleMania next year, Brock Lesnar will be some form of a champion. Yep. Yep. Very high. Flev Durin. Hello, Luke, Ollie, Adam, and everyone else at RestTalk. I've got to say, revamping ScreenStalker was a great idea, <laughs> especially that it got a little bit messy in the last few months. Last few months, we didn't post anything. Yeah, well, I guess know. we kept on trying out different formats to see what worked, and then we thought 2K20, that's the, yeah. that's the wagon to hitch our ride to. It was amazing. When we were at um, VidCon a couple of weeks ago, we went to this presentation as sort of like, you know, how to best utilize your channel, how to best sort of like manage your channel. And he had this uh, graphic up that showed like, you know, you've got, this is your fan base. You've got a pocket over here that likes TV, a pocket over here that likes movies, a pocket over here that likes anime and games. There is some slight crossover, but it's not appealing to the wider picture. And I suddenly was like, oh, that's why Screen Stalker didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly why it didn't work. Uh, anyway, um, WB might have learned something from you guys. If something's not working, change your ways, do something different. Uh, and also promoting a bona fide star helps bring in viewers, like the fantasy booking video featuring Adam quadrupled your previous most viewed videos on a novel concept, right? Love the booking video, and I really tried to get into the RPG video, but it's just not my type of entertainment. Sorry, guys, I'll still support every video by at least clicking the like button, Dance Chopper, and on the oh, ad. Thank you, Flev. My question is, is the revamp process you said that uh, the movie talk videos will move to the Cineworld channel, when exactly is that starting? Because I still want to hear you guys talk about that stuff. Thank you. Keep up the great work. That's exactly the plan. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, but Screen Stalker, the, all the movie side, we were going to move it over to Cineworld anyway. Yeah. Because um, that's, yeah. that's a movie channel, so you're appealing to that movie audience. So we thought with that, we were doing a lot of gaming, wrestling stuff on Screen Stalker anyway. Adam was coming on. We wanted to do No Rolls Barred. So it just made, it all, it all made sense. Everything, like the Tetris bricks all aligned. It's actually very interesting. So, I mean, if you've made it this far into the video, then you quite like us and you quite like this brand. Um, but one of the things that this fascinated me, YouTube is not a TV channel, mm. it's Netflix. When you click Parks and Recreation on Netflix, you just want to watch Parks and Recreation episodes. You don't then want an episode of Tiny House Nation in between that. That's, that's how, I saw that, I was like, God damn, of course, of course. Yeah. we're idiots for not seeing mm. that sooner. Oh, but um, when is it starting? Uh, soon. Yeah, it's soon. We, uh, we have got, you've noticed the cinema, uh, Cineworld chairs are in the office. So plans are afoot. We're just getting some final bits and uh, pieces into place. Uh, and lastly, Fardine says, I know you guys are supposed to, uh, to be life, I know these are supposed to be life or wrestling questions, but I have an iPhone 11. <laughs> I've been listening to your guys' podcast every month on main events. But the thing is, when I want to download ones from a long time ago, I have to scroll down previous uh, polls, glitch out, and blocks me from downloading them. Is there a way you can change the tag for the podcast uh, so the polls don't break them? I don't know if anyone else has this problem. So I'm guessing this is a Patreon thing. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, they are. There are tags, but I, I guess what he's saying is that all of the. Um, I mean, my suggestion would be just get the RSS feeds. You get an RSS feed when you join uh, Restalk as a Patreon. Put that in uh, to your iPhone 11 and uh, to the Apple Podcast app, and that will then just show the podcast themselves as opposed to the posts. That'd be my suggestion. Yeah, perfect. I mean, so you said that you could do another four days. My question is, would you want to do another four days? That's the thing. That's the thing. Well, so. What's ha and, and you said these don't exist. They sound like midichlorians or something about Scientology. But after your body runs out of carbs to burn for energy, it then moves on to fat. And it, it mostly uses the fat, but your brain starts to run off different energy because brain's hugely mm. energy demanding. It runs off something called ketones. Yes, which midichlorians. I don't know what they are but they exist. That's what the keto diet's all about. Hey, we don't know what the midichlorians are, but they do exist. Exactly. And, you know, maybe the, if, if the, the, the Jedi Order had that much resources, they would have found a way yeah. to, to test for people. I don't think it's the worst idea. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, granted, there have been, in the last year, there has been much worse come out of the Star Wars franchise. There's like, at the moment, being a Star Wars fan really feels like what Harry Potter fans must have felt like after the <coughs> books had finished and J.K. Rowling was just like, ah, oh, but actually it was this thing. But you know this thing you thought? Actually, it was this thing. They're all gay. Yeah, because all the stuff that's coming out about Palpatine now from the novelization just makes the film make even less sense. <laughs> what's, what's been said? Well, so, okay, so spoilers for Rise of Skywalker. Uh-oh. That, um, so the Palpatine that's in that movie is a clone of Palpatine and that's, but it's a, it's a clone of Palpatine that does embody the spirit of Palpatine. That makes sense. And Ray's father is not that Palpatine, also wasn't the original Palpatine, it was a different clone of Palpatine. Ooh, <laughs> that's a bit trickier. Yeah, and apparently as well, there is something in the Star Wars opening crawl that doesn't make any sense unless you played Fortnite because they explain something that sets up a big part of Rise of Skywalker through a Fortnite campaign. Oh, I, I love big vision stuff like that, but I don't think it's a good idea ultimately. No. It's just isolating that I think there's, well maybe, you know, if you do get involved in all of AEW and you do watch Being the Elite and Dark and follow them on social media everywhere, you will get more out of AEW Dynamite as a whole. But, you shouldn't do it in a way that isolates the people who aren't catching up with yeah. everything. Uh, so I didn't feel that in episode nine. Well, my favorite line from episode nine is when Oscar Isaac says, Palpatine's back, we don't know how. <laughs> and they just move on. And it's just like, that was, that was their one line of dialogue to explain why Palpatine was there. I want it to cut to a shot of Rian Johnson just crying <laughs> when he says that. Anyway, yeah. so. Ketones. Anyway, you're many Ketones. So the body and you know humanity was sort of evolved to go hunting, and you wouldn't eat for a few days. And during, when you haven't eaten for a few days, you need to be your sharpest, which is why these ketones kick in. So you can then make a kill or find some particular berries. You're hyper aware of everything, and you're a lot just more fluid in your way of thinking. And that's the whole aim of the keto diet, and that's what you kind of stumble upon from fasting, because they're the same thing. Um, <clears throat> although you just don't eat any food. So I bought these keto sticks. 
two years ago. You bought some magic beans. I bought these keto sticks two years ago when I first did a three-day fast, and I, I sort of didn't do anything after that because uh, I do like food and enjoy my life. But I thought this morning, the keto sticks. Let's see. Lady partner, wake up. I'm so tired. <laughs> no, wake up, lady partner. I want you to wee on a stick. So we both weed on sticks. We are in hard ketosis. It changes colour. Yeah. And it went to the dark purple. Wow. She's in more ketosis Is that the colour of your piss as well? Uh, yeah, weirdly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it's all the blood. <laughs> it was... Um, what was that fad diet in sort of like the uh, late 90s, early 2000s? Atkins. Atkins. And do you remember how that then turned out to be like it was really dangerous and that you shouldn't actually do it and that Dr. Atkins was full of a load of crap? Debatable. Is, th is this what ketones is going to be? Like in 20 years time, we're all going to look back and be like, man, I can't believe so many people mm. fell for that ketones diet lark. Totally. It totally could be. And I'm very aware of that possibility. There's a great quote um, that at any time in medicine and health and science, we know 50% of it is wrong, but we don't know which 50%. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it could be a load of baloney. You know me, I'm sure the viewers and listeners have figured it out. I do a lot of stuff like this. You love a fad. I used to have a bracelet that electric shocked me every time I went past a McDonald's. Oh, so what, to stop you doing it? To stop, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that about you. That, I think that was, I bought it off a Kickstarter. I was one of the first round people. Yeah. And that was like 2009, 10. Yeah. Because I was getting a lot of McDonald's <laughs> after uni. And yeah, that never went anywhere. <laughs> I thought that was going to be the future. I didn't even use it that much. No. Because it was really painful. Because it kept shocking you on the arm every time you were just going for a walk. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's a lot of McDonald's out there. <laughs> but yeah, but the, uh, I do, if anyone is, in a, this is kind of, not to toot my own horn, but it is quite impressive. To do a four-day diet, yeah. To do a, a four-day four fast. fast. Yeah. And, you know, there's me doing it, but because my lady partner's been doing it as well, and she she has seen huge benefits. She's lost a ton of weight, um, and she's also, which she's very happy about, and she also feels very healthy. And it's it's had this interesting disconnect with food and a reliance on food that she never really thought about before. She was like, ah, oh, maybe I don't need to eat all the time. Hmm. Like, which you know, that sounds like the starts of bulimia, but it's it, it's a lot healthier than that. So I do recommend if anyone is interested in wrestle talk get better and maybe you are un like you, you are overweight this is the cheapest diet in the world it's just starving yourself because you don't eat any food and it's actually that not that dangerous bad. though I don't want to be on mm. a podcast that actively recommends that people stop starve themselves to lose weight mm. that sounds potentially dangerous well you know we're not we should clarify that we are not medical professionals do your own research don't you know we're not telling you to do this but do research fasting i uh, and i we must have medical professionals who do listen to this podcast so i would be very interested to see if people can well either you know tell me that i'm massively wrong with my making fun of medichlorians uh, and ketones and stuff in atkins or whether you know, what sort of the science is around this. I'd be very curious to know. Because, like, in, you know, to your defence, when my wife was very, very ill and she didn't know why she was ill and the doctors couldn't really tell her why she was ill, what they suggested was she do an elimination diet, which is you just take everything out of your, your diet and you just slowly, incrementally reintroduce things. 
um, to see what it was that was making you very ill. And it was doing that that made her feel incredible again. Mm. Like she was eating, you know, it turns out it was, it was meat and it was, she didn't really like dairy anyway, but it was dairy and it was all that sort of stuff. And it was gluten that was making her feel very, very ill. So that's why she went vegan. And since then she has felt at her healthiest because she's not pumping the stuff in that was making her feel bad. Yeah, and the, the, the cheapest elimination diet is to it's just, do, is to eat anything. <laughs> but then yes, yeah, slowly reintroduce stuff and you're like, oh, I feel a little bit like my brain's a bit foggy or I'm weirdly itchy yeah. or I'm quite sensitive or I wasn't sleeping as well. Then you can go, all right, I'll take out, I didn't know nightshade vegetables were a thing. What's a nightshade? Though? Exactly, right? Apparently there's this whole class of vegetables which is mainly aubergines, peppers, something else. I love peppers. Yeah. That a nightshade, and a, it's one of those intolerances. Potato people, is one. Oh, crap. So is a tomato. Yeah, tomato, that was the other one. Eggplant's coming out as an aubergine. So that's, um, we... <laughs> Tobacco. <laughs> we included, so the main reason me and my lady partner are doing this was because she has had terrible eczema, and it's really flared up recently, and we can't fix it. So we were, we're similar to your lady partner, so we're like, well, let's try this gut health fast. And that starts with four days of fasting, where we're allowed one tiny salad a day in the evening. Um, and then you do 10 days of like a very restrictive diet where you slowly introduce stuff back in, <coughs> which we're, fi that, we're finishing that first four day part up now. And on Wednesday, you know, that the, the eczema was getting better. On Wednesday, we had green peppers in the salad and it flared up. Next day. <gasps> really? Yeah. Whoa. And we're like, what the? We have peppers all the time. Yeah. So now we're like, well, well, okay, that's, you know, that's not conclusive. That's no, just no. one data point, but let's experiment with it. So, you know, the worst thing that happens, you lose some weight and you find out a bit more about how your body reacts to stuff. My mum was, for the longest time in her life, a very bad migraine sufferer. Like, she used to get it, was like, sent home from work levels of bad because she, her migraines were just nuts. Like they were just wow. absolutely awful. And it was like later on in life, about sort of 10 or so years ago, maybe 15 years ago, she found out what it was. It was certain food types that were giving her migraines. Wow. It was things like cabbage. Oh, Eating that man. would trigger it. So she's cut cabbage completely out of her diet now, doesn't actually touch the stuff, hasn't had a migraine. In, in forever. Cabbage? Yeah, cabbage was one of the how triggers weird. for it. Yeah, it's crazy just how like the body reacts to some mm. things. Um, you know, like uh, cancer from smoking too much um, tobacco. Who, who could have seen it coming? Who could have seen it coming? I'm really concerned that I'm going to be intolerant to pizza. Because <gasps> oh. I mean, okay, of course every, everyone is. It's not healthy. But have you ever felt like really bad after a pizza? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my stomach will bloat up to like twice its size. Oh, yeah. I look like an African child in those charity adverts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, let's have some emails because we have this very cool Rusev hay in from Rusev. Harrison. Or oh, is it in a J? No, no, this is full this, on hay. This is full on hay because this is from the Jericho Cruise. Yes. He said, what's up, lads? Finally getting around to sending some of my Rusev Hayes from the cruise. I'll start with three and I'll keep them short. Warning, I'm very drunk during most of these, so please do not question <laughs> any of my decision making. Chavo Guerrero. Uh -oh. Imagine this. Piss drunk around 3 a.m. <laughs> I get into an elevator with four beers in my hand. Who is in there but Chavo Guerrero? I step in and he can tell that I'm not in a good way. 
He compliments my tattoos. I proceed to tell him it's surreal to meet him because I used to watch him when I was a kid. He was one of my favorites. He then jokingly says, way to make me feel made to make me feel old, a-hole. <laughs> Laughs, gets off on his floor. Nice. That is a good interaction. Yeah. Imagine this, me, drunk. Again. Do they all start Imagine This? Well, well, well let's find out. I like it. Uh, it's karaoke, and everyone is singing their little Mark Hart sound. I did a fantastic rendition of Gangster's Paradise. Anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's got to please send us a video if anyone has this. This sort of thing does make me want to go on the Jericho yeah, cruise. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm very seasick. Yeah. Maybe I won't be now I'm a superhuman. Maybe you fixed it all. <laughs> Let's get a pedlo and find out. Maybe it was cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm up at the bar, turning on the charm and convincing uh, a woman double my age to get me some drinks. Brilliant. Then I felt a tuft of hair around my elbow. I looked down and there's Marco Stun standing there beside me. What? We said hey and such and then start talking. This turns into me and him walking around the ship looking for Jungle Boy because he needs his room key and Jungle Boy has it. I then proceed to oh. hang out with two out of the three of Jurassic Express for most of that evening. Awesome. Yeah. All right, here's the last one. That is one. so cool. That's a great story. Hanging out with Jungle Boy and Marco Stun. But I would be sitting there going like, you know, you don't want to casually drop in like that. So, um, so where's Luchasaurus? Yeah, yeah. What's Luchasaurus what's like? <laughs> where's he? Where is he? Like, what's he up to at the moment? Can you call him? Can you text him? <laughs> um, right, here's the last one. All right, guess how this one starts. If you guess me being trashed, you'd be correct. <laughs> so a little admin before you understand. The ship has 14 floors. The 14th is reserved for talent exclusively and was only accessible through the elevator. Ooh. However, to be able to ride the elevator to the 14th floor of the talent, who had special key cards, had to insert it into a slot into that elevator. So I get into this elevator. I hit floor 13. Someone else gets on around floor 6. I believe they were one of the musicians from a band. Start talking to him and the elevator opens up on 13th. He mistakes it for floor 14. I, realizing what's happened, hit the d sh door shut button immediately. The elevator rises one more floor. I can feel my heart racing as I get oh closer. Oh my God, you day crashed. The door opens. I walk out to a massive party with the AEW roster. No. I walk around. I grab a drink from the bar. No. Try to act natural <gasps> until I walk straight into Chris Jericho. Oh my God. God. Literally, like I wasn't paying attention and I nearly headbutted him. He turns around and says, hey man, watch it. He looks, knows I don't belong there and says, you need to leave now. Oh. I am visibly confused at this point. He gets in my face and says, you're not supposed to be here. I don't know how you got here, but take your happy ass right back from where you came from or I'll have security take you off the ship. I then literally start sprinting out of there, take the elevator down to my room and try and calm down. I would have just started crying. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Yeah. Uh, that's all the stories I have for you today. Sorry for the length of the email. I do have some more. Stay tuned. Next week oh. I have Luchasaurus, which is my favorite story. Wow. Sammy Guevara and all of SCU. Much love, Harrison. I cannot believe, Harrison. <laughs> you. I feel like you pushed the musician out of the lift. <laughs> and you hit don't remember the, that hit bit. Hit the clothes. Yeah. Because oh. like you have found yourself in a point like where I'm trying to like trying to put you in, trying to put myself into your point of view, but you've already sort of 
told this version of the story because I would have thought like the guy got top and then you realized your mistake and you're now on the 14th floor and you don't know what to do. Whereas what you did was knew you could now get to the 14th floor and was like, I'm gonna exploit this. Oh dear. I feel like that's, that's scandalous rule breaking. Yeah. Ugh. You, so you teased another email on yesterday's AEW podcast. I did, yes, the Teenage Dirtbag one. Mm. Yes, would you like to do that now? Let's have a listen. Right, okay, well we need to uh, queue up. Uh, that was for YouTube, let's find out quick. This you is uh, your have a fun f weekend, folks. Yeah, Teenage Dirtbag karaoke. Okay, karaoke version, but we uh, do not want uh, the actual lyrics on screen because we've got different lyrics. Her name is Noelle. Okay, right. She brings a gun <laughs> to school. If none of this makes sense, check out the AEW podcast where we kind of explain this. Okay, we ready? Her name is SoCal Val. I have a dream about her. She rings the bell. I go wrestle, talk, podcast, and half an hour, all that she said. She loves the rock and that girl loves long locks. But she doesn't know who I am. And she doesn't give a damn about me Cause I'm just a teenage wrestling fan, baby Yeah, I'm just a wrestling fan, baby Come watch G1 New Japan, baby, with me Ooh Bit clunky <laughs> It's the next bit, right? I think so. Her boyfriend's a dick. He, he says wrestling's uncool and he simply kick. My ass, if he knew the truth, he lives on my block. <laughs> and he looks like a lot like Brock. But he doesn't know who I am. And he doesn't give a damn about me Cause I'm just a teenage wrestling fan, baby Yeah, I'm just a teenage wrestling fan, baby Come watch Impact, baby, with me Ooh. Oh yeah! Wrestling, wrestling fan. No, she doesn't know what she's missing. Oh yeah. Wrestling fan. No, no, she doesn't know what she's missing. Man, I feel like Mark. It's prom night and I am lonely missing WrestleMania. Lo and behold, she's, she's walking, walking up My lips starts to shake. <laughs> How does she know who I am? And why does she give a damn about? I've got two tickets to AEW and NXT, baby. Come with me Wednesday, don't say maybe. 
I'm just a teenage wrestling fan, baby, like you. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Wrestling fan. No, she doesn't know what she's missing. Oh, yeah. Wrestling fan. <laughs> No, she doesn't know what she's missing. I will yeah. say though, it's going to be very difficult for you to go to both AEW and NXT on Wednesday nights because they're in different parts of the country. You cannot go to both shows. Yeah, what a stupid version <laughs> of this song. Who emailed it in again? That was from so from Dave Humphreys. Dave Humphreys, that was sweat. utter crap, says Luke. I mean, it's sort of emotionally worked. Emotionally. Syllable, maybe not. <laughs> Possibility, maybe not. Yeah. But emotion was there yeah. and it was raw. We were all with you there. Um, we can all sing along with that. Uh, it was great stuff. Anyway, thank you all so much. We'll be back on Monday, Elimination Chamber. Oh, yeah, you and Laurie. Me and Laurie will be doing the review for Elimination Chamber because Ollie thinks the show's going to be crap and doesn't want to watch it. Maybe it's because <laughs> I've done all the freaking live streams. Maybe it's that. Maybe I want a weekend. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's just that he thinks that you're all dumb marks and he wants some time away from if you. It's not AEW, I don't care. <laughs> so it's going to be me and Laurie on Monday with a full review of Elimination Chamber. See how Smackdown, of course. See how, how Shayna Baszler gets on, but you're absolutely right. I still forget that Smackdown is on Friday nights because I don't watch it anymore. Uh, yeah, Pete will be watching that with Andy, so they'll be back for the Smackdown show tomorrow. Uh, and then all the usual fun stuff in the week. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Oh, follow oh. us on Spotify. Yep, yeah, Spotify. The playlist, by the way, has been doing great. Oh, cool. There are... Hang on. Uh, I did, I've got it written down somewhere. Bear with me. Bear with me. Can we call it Spotify? Because... Because I said it wrong I, that I one really time. Like, I really like that. Yeah. Well, have you seen that Adam has changed our group chat? Yeah. I, From uh, Team Content. Team Content. I, I said that name. Yeah, but, it's you know... It's long-standing. It's, it's about a year and a bit old, isn't it? That one's two years now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's now the death... Well, it was Death Triangle. Now it's Death Heptangle. Yeah, because there's six of us in there. So Dan has added tracks. Uh, Evie Duran has added some absolutely banging tracks. It has got 1,600 songs Good in Lord. the Discovery playlist. That is 109 hours of music content. I've listened to it myself, and every now and again, they've been like, oh, that's a banging tune. Mm. I've not heard this song before. I've actually found a new favorite band Ooh. from that Discover playlist. They're really, really awesome. So, I, Who are they? I cannot remember their name. I knew <laughs> you were going to ask me that, but I heard this song, and I was like, this is wicked. I even messaged about it in our Discord, um, the unofficial Discord now. So. Click the link that's in the podcast description. Go and check out that Discover playlist. It's a lot of fun. On free, on phone, it's a bit clunky because Spotify are just slowly removing stuff from the free version of Spotify to make you pay for it. Um, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, thank you all for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.